Welcome to this week's podcast from Faith Christian Church. For more details, check out faithcc.com.au. We hope you enjoy this message. Great to be with you here this morning. And uh, it's nice that uh, we get to come and we get to hang out. Our Chesden campus gets to come and hang out with our Danon campus. I was trying to think about the last time that I was here at a morning service. It's been a while. So it's great to see what God is doing at our Danon campus. And, uh, you know, uh, God is doing some great things across our church. And this morning, I just want to share a word with you that uh, has been on my heart for a little while. But, you know, as we enter into this Christmas season... You know, sometimes we can get quite distracted. Sometimes we can feel the pressure, can't we? Uh, It's supposed to be, or at least the song tells us it's the most wonderful time of the year. Uh, But sometimes, maybe you're like me and you're feeling a bit of the pressure right now. Maybe you haven't done all your Christmas shopping. There's a few laughs. There's a few sheepish looks right now that I can see. Maybe uh, you've still got to cook that big Christmas feast. Maybe you've been given some responsibilities for Christmas Day and... uh, and you're not quite there yet. And uh, we can feel a little bit under the pressure at Christmas time. And uh, sometimes, even as Christians, we can allow this celebration, this special time of the year to kind of pa- uh, pass us by. And uh, we don't really stop and reflect on the great gift of Christmas. And uh, so this morning, I just want to share with you uh, about the gift, one of the gifts, the great gifts that we celebrate at Christmas, the gift of His glory. The gift of his glory. And, uh, you know, this morning, uh, if you're here, maybe a friend brought you, maybe you're visiting, or maybe you haven't been with us for a while, I'm going to share for a few moments. I'm going to read from the Bible. I'm going to share some scriptures, and then we're going to have a time of prayer. And if you're here and you're feeling that you need prayer this morning, that I want to encourage you um, that in just a few moments, we're actually going to pray for people. We're going to believe that God is going to do something significant in people's lives. You know, this is the time of gift giving. Is there anyone here who has not started their Christmas shopping? Who's living on the edge here? Yeah, look, I see a couple of hands. There's a few people living on the edge. Uh, some people like to do their Christmas shopping at the last minute. Some people like to be very organized. My sister is one of these people that, you know, come October and she's already asking me, you know, what my kids want for Christmas. I'm not particularly organized, but um, I try to get it done, you know, before the real rush, so I'm done. But I was thinking about how, you know, at this time of the year, you know, we see a lot of family that maybe you don't see uh, all the time. And, and all of us get that, that kind of gift at, or have at least gotten that gift for one of our Christmases. You know, the gift where someone gives you a gift and you don't really know how to respond. Uh, maybe you've got an aunt, well-meaning aunt, who bought you a pair of skis, but you've never seen the snow and you don't really know how to respond. And you sort of, you say, yeah. Okay, great. You get these gifts. There are these gifts at Christmas time, and some of us were very organized. Some of us, maybe we re-gift them. No one will admit to that in public. Uh, maybe we go the next day, Boxing Day, and we try and exchange them. Uh, but there's always, we've all had this experience where we've gotten that kind of a gift, and we're just not sure what to do with it. And uh, so I was looking up this week some of the weird gifts that have ever been given. And uh, so I found out, this, is, this might be interesting to some of you, uh, that Kanye West once bought, see, you know it's going to be good just by saying that name, right? Kanye West once bought Kim Kardashian, his wife, 10 Burger King franchises. So, men, you know, step it up for Christmas. Uh, Queen Elizabeth once received 
500 tins of, you know, those tins of pineapple? From Australia. I know. I was mortified. Why us? Why did we do it? I don't know, but we did. There are some of these gifts that are quite weird. But today I don't want to speak to you about weird gifts. Today I want to speak to you about one of God's greatest gifts for us, the gift of His glory. You know, I believe that we all have a hunger and a desire to see the glory and the presence of God in our lives. You know, I believe all of humanity actually has a longing to see the glory of God. Whether you're here and you realize it or not, we actually all have a longing to see and experience the glory of God. And you know, I often think that the reason that as human beings we chase glory in other areas is actually because we have a deep, we were created with a deep longing to see the glory of God. But we see that human beings often chase glory in other ways. If you're a sports fan, any kind of sport, you know that there's a lot of glory associated with your team finally wins the grand final or you've been uh, watching your favorite sports person and hoping that they'll win and you hear certain names and it just suggests kind of this sense of glory. Uh, you know, you hear the names like Roger Federer. Tennis is coming out, tennis fans. You know, and he's achieved so much. Serena Williams, you know, these sports people who've achieved so much, but it's not just sports. What about some of the great things that people have achieved in human history? Um, I have a bit of a fascination with uh, Mount Everest. And you hear the name Edmund Hillary, and it suggests some kind of glory because he achieved something that no one at that point in history had ever achieved before. I remember watching the um, Olympics in 1996. That's right, 1996. Uh, and when Kieran Perkins won, uh, I don't know if you were watching that, but he was swimming in uh, the 14, I think it was 14 or 1500 meters event, long distance swimming. And they had written him off because he was quite old at that point. And uh, there were lots of other young Australian swimmers coming up. And everyone thought they were going to do great. And no one cared about Kieran Perkins. But then he gets in the pool and uh, he barely qualifies to actually get into the Olympics. And so they think this is going to be like his last, his last go. But he gets in the pool and he swims so fast that he's actually a whole lane ahead of the rest of the swimmers. He leaves them absolutely for dead for about 15 minutes and he just swims and he wins the gold medal. And there's these moments, you know, that we might, maybe you're not much of a sports lover, I'm not really that into sport, I watch a few things, but there are these moments in history, moments where we watch other people and there's something in us that stirs our hearts to see us achieve certain things and we have a hunger, I believe, for glory. The only problem is that the hunger for glory is actually a hunger for the glory of God. We're wired actually to have a hunger for the glory and the presence of God. It's just that sometimes we substitute it for other things. You know, His glory is His presence. The word glory in the Old Testament translates similarly to face or presence. So the face of God or the presence of God is the glory of God. And, uh, you know, we see that at Christmas time. That, that, that it says in the Bible that Jesus was named Emmanuel, God with us. The presence of God. This is what we actually celebrate at Christmas time in Luke chapter 2, verse 9. It says, An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them. 
As we celebrate Christmas in a couple of days, we're actually celebrating the fact that the glory of God came down to earth. You see, it was significant in history because the people of God up until that moment, only certain people had really experienced the glory of God, the presence of God. And for hundreds of years up until the birth of Jesus, there had been a time in history where no one had seen the glory of God. No one had seen the presence of God, but they handed down the stories, and they heard the stories of previous generations who had seen the glory of God, who had seen it in the temple, who had experienced the cloud that goes before the people of Israel in the desert, and the presence of God, it was a story, it was a concept, but that people had not experienced for themselves. But then Christmas comes, the birth of Jesus Christ, and once again, the glory of God comes, only this time it comes to reside permanently on on the earth and so the people of God were so amazed and they were so filled with joy because they understood that they had been longing for something that could now be accessible to all and so this morning we're going to look at this gift the gift of God's glory in more detail and if you've got your Bibles this morning can you turn with me to Exodus 33 and we're going to look at this great gift that we have as we head into this Christmas season Exodus 33, and we're going to read from verse 18. And then Moses said, now show me your glory. And the Lord said, I will cause all my goodness to pass in front of you. And I will proclaim my name, the Lord, in your presence. I will have mercy on whom I will have mercy, and I will have compassion on whom I will have compassion. But he said, you cannot see my face, for no one may see me and live. And then the Lord said, there is a place near me where you may stand on a rock. And when my glory passes by, I will put you in a cleft in the rock and cover you with my hand until I have passed by. Then I will remove my hand and you will see my back, but my face must not be seen. You know, as we look at the glory of God, there are some of the things that we can take from this great gift, from this passage, because it is God's gift to us. And that is actually what we're celebrating. We can get distracted about a lot of things, but God's gift is that his glory has come down to reside with us. And that is what we're focusing on for Christmas. And so if you're taking notes this morning, my first thought that I want to share with you is that there is no substitute for this gift. There is no substitute for this gift. As I said earlier, you know, we all, I believe, have a longing. We're all wired and built and born with a longing for the glory of God. And maybe you're here and maybe you're here because a friend brought you and this is your first time at church and you're wondering about what we're talking about. We all have a longing for something greater than ourselves. That's why we're attracted to great things as human beings. So we have a longing for glory, but what often happens is that we substitute the glory of God, the gift that was meant for us with other things. We try to pursue it by attaining our own goals. We try to pursue it by having a great career or doing great things but the truth is there's still an inbuilt longing for the glory of God within all of our hearts and there's no substitute for that gift uh, I once went to um, KFC uh, late at night after a conference to have some dinner and I remember going there and going into the KFC and a few of us friends we were there and we ordered uh, you know all of our different meals and uh, the kid behind the counter put our orders in, went to the back. And then he came out again and he said, look, I'm sorry to tell you this, but we've run out of chicken. 
But it's okay, we still have popcorn chicken. Now I tell this story for two reasons. One of those reasons is just a public service because after that day it left me wondering, what's inside popcorn chicken if you've run out of chicken but you can still serve popcorn chicken? That's right, if you remember nothing else from today, let that thought go with you this morning. And so I'm standing there and look, I'm not one to, um, to let things slide. If you know me, uh, you know that's true. My husband's much more you know, laid back. Uh, but I, I said, how can you be open and not have chicken? It doesn't make sense. How could you have run out of chicken? You're called K Kentucky Fried Chicken. We've come here expecting chicken, and you want me to eat something else? I didn't come here for chips. I didn't come here for the bread. I came here for chicken. And the poor kid said, look, I'm sorry. We've run out of chicken. And I suggested to him, why are you even open then? If you're not going to give chicken when your name has chicken in it, why, why falsely advertise to the public out there that you're going to give us chicken? The truth is, when it comes to the presence of God, the glory of God, there is no substitute. We can, we can long for so many things, but there's no substitute. Popcorn chicken just won't do, thank you very much. There's no substitute for that gift. Have you ever bought something in Asia? You know, same, same, but different. <laughs> it looks the same. At first, it feels the same. At first, it functions relatively the same. But then, after a while, you realize that there is no substitute for the real thing. Because after a while, it wears down. After a while, it doesn't quite have that same quality. There's no substitute for the presence of God. You know, Moses understood this principle. If we read a bit earlier in the chapter that we're in Exodus 33, if we go back to verses 15 and 16, Moses says something really profound here. Moses says to God, if your presence does not go with us, do not send us up from here. How will anyone know that you are pleased with me and with your people unless you go with us? What else, listen to this, what else will distinguish me and your people from all the other people on the face of the earth? In other words, Moses is saying, we can have other things, but what distinguishes us is the presence of God in us. There's no substitute for the presence of God. Let me encourage you as we enter into this Christmas season, there's a lot of things that we're going to be doing. There's a lot of activities. There's a lot of fun. There's a lot of games. But you know, at the end of that Christmas day, that feeling when everything's done and you've eaten way too much and you think maybe I need to go on a diet now, you know what? We've got to remember that God's greatest gift for us was his presence and there is no substitute for that. There is no substitute for his presence. Number two is this gift doesn't wear out. John 1 verse 14. So the word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. We have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only son who came from the father, full of grace and truth. You know what's great about God's gift of his glory is that it's come to be with us every single day. It's with us through the tough times and through the good times. The glory of God was actually made to be quite hardy. It doesn't wear out. Have you ever uh, bought or received an expensive gift? Or maybe you've saved up for something that you've been wanting for a while and you pay a lot of money for it. 
How do you treat something that costs a lot of money? We're often very careful with it, aren't we? We often protect it. I have young kids, so pretty much if we get something that costs a lot of money, my kids can't touch it. That's the rule. Um, you keep it safe, don't you? Maybe if you've got something really nice, you only bring it out for special occasions. You keep it because it's not for every day. It's for sometimes. It's for the special occasions. It's for the special things. You know, a couple of months ago, uh, my husband bought me a new car. And it's the first time that I've driven a brand new car out of the dealership. And I was very excited about it. And of course, when you get a brand new car, the way that you treat it is very different to how you treat the previous car. <laughs> I got into my car. I told my kids, take your shoes off before you get in the car. <laughs> For the first month, my kids were not wearing shoes in my car. I, got, I loved it, drove it everywhere, but that day I got it. We actually had our Faith Uni students uh, retreat that weekend. And I picked it up that morning and I was driving to the campsite and I got in the car and as I was about to go there, I realized, you know, I love our Faith Uni students, but I did realize that we had our retreat somewhere kind of out in the middle of nowhere where there were lots of gravel roads <laughs> and it would be dusty. And so I drove my car home and picked up my old car and drove it to the campsite. <laughs> Just had to be very careful with my new car. Just keep it there, make sure. And then, because you know, I've never had a new car, I didn't know this could take possession of your life. About a week later, I noticed it was parked in the driveway and there was some, some a bit of dirt, some spots on the bonnet. And so I went and I got my cleaning cloth and there I was, just like you see people doing it and you laugh at them, but there I was, just with the cloth, just wiping off those little spots, making sure it looked really nice. As one of my neighbors came by and said, hello, and kind of gave me that look like, oh, okay. She's one of those people that cleans the spots off their car, but it was new. I wanted to keep it looking great. And that's what we do when we have something that's precious to us. We don't bring it out for everyday occasions. We're worried about the wear and the tear of it. But here's the great thing about the gift of God. It does not wear out. No matter how much we use it, no matter what we've done, no matter where we have been, if you carry the presence of God in you, it cannot wear out. It will still function as it did on the very first day that presence of God came into you. It is a gift that does not wear out. It's a gift that does not wear out. Number three, the gift is good. It's a good gift. When we read in Exodus 33, verse 18, Moses requests of God, now show me your glory. Now show me your glory. It's one of those great moments in the Bible where the, for the first time you see a human being who hungers for God so much that he asks something that no one at that point in history had asked of God before. He asks for God's presence, for his glory. He wanted to see God and experience God for himself. But this is what's really interesting to me. Because in verse 19, the Lord replies. And the Lord says, I will cause all my goodness to pass in front of you. Moses says, show me your glory, show me your presence. I want to see the glory of God. And God replies, I will send my goodness to pass in front of you. So what is happening here? Did God not understand the request clearly? 
Was God saying no to Moses? Moses asked for one thing, and it seems like God is giving him something else instead. God, I want to see your glory. God, I want to come face to face with you. I want to know you for myself. I don't want to live on someone else's revelation. I don't want to live on someone else's story. I want to know you for myself. And God replies, I will let my goodness to pass in front of you. You see, because God's goodness and his glory are interchangeable. The goodness of God and the glory of God are the same thing. And what often happens is we experience the goodness of God in our lives on a day-to-day basis, but we become so familiar with the goodness of God that we start to think of it as something less than the presence of God, as something less than the glory of God in our lives. But actually, when God is good to you, when you experience the goodness of God in your life, that is actually the glory of God over your life. And so when Moses asks, can you show me your glory, Lord? And God says, I will show you my goodness. He's saying, that's how you will know who I am. You will know me by my goodness. To know the goodness of God is to know the presence and the glory of God. It's to know his blessing. It's to know his prosperity. It's to know his abundance. That word means our well-being. It means an overflow. Have you experienced the goodness of God in your life this year? Have you experienced God's touch on your life this year? If you have experienced the goodness of God, then you have actually experienced the glory of God. I don't know about you, but... As we enter into 2019, I'm believing to see more of the goodness of God in my life because the goodness of God actually points to the glory of God, the presence of God. David says this in Psalm 27, verse 13, I remain confident of this. I will see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. In other words, I'm going to see God at work in my life, not just in the future, but in the land of the living right now. I believe I have faith to see the glory of God at work through the goodness of God in my life right here, right now. What's your prayer for this Christmas season? The year's not over yet. We don't have to resign ourselves to having the last few days of the year just going along as it should. What's your prayer for the rest of this year? Is your prayer to see the goodness of God? Can I encourage you as we go to celebrate Christmas Day, some of us are spending time with family who are away from God. Some of us are going into situations that may be even a bit difficult with family and friends, but you can actually go in believing to see the goodness of God at work in your family this Christmas. And to see the goodness of God, when your family sees the goodness of God, they are experiencing the glory of God. They're actually experiencing Him. You know, um, a little while ago, our staff was away uh, for a retreat, and uh, some of us girls decided we were going to go and go for a walk in the morning. And uh, I kind of worked out, I like to exercise, so I worked out a bit of a path, figured out where we were going, and a couple of us went on our walk, and the plan was that we would get from where we are to the beach. And uh, so I had my phone with me, kind of trying to direct us, trying to make sure that we were going in the right place, because I was confident the night before it's all right, I know where we're going, follow me. But then, you know, when other people are with you, it's okay if you get lost on your own, but when other people are relying on your navigation skills, you do feel a little bit of the pressure. And so there I was, you know, making sure that we were making our way to the beach so that we could have a nice morning walk together along the beach. And I don't know about you, but if you've ever tried to find the beach, it's actually really easy to find the beach if you're nearby the beach. Because if you 
do happen to find that you have navigated yourself a little bit incorrectly, you can find the beach because you can always smell the beach. You can always smell the beach when you're near it. And at the very least, if you're really directionally challenged, you should be able to point yourself to wherever the smell of the beach is. And if you can't smell the beach, you can definitely, after a while, hear the waves of the beach. You know, there are certain characteristics of the beach that just tell you that you're there. You're by the seaside. You could blindfold someone and put them on the beach. They're going to know that they're at the beach because there are certain things that point people to the fact that you're at the beach. You're there exactly where you are. I think of the goodness of God like that. You see, sometimes we hunger and we wonder, where is the presence of God in our lives? God, are you actually there? God, do you actually care? And you know what God says is actually the goodness of God is actually like the sounds and the smells of the beach. Sometimes we don't know if God's there, but actually the goodness of God points us to that direction and says, don't worry, I'm right here. If you've seen the goodness of God in your life, you've seen the presence of God in your life. You've seen the glory of God at work in your life, and it will point you exactly there. If you've seen the goodness of God in your life this year, you've seen the glory of God at work in your life. What are you believing for in 2019? Are you believing to see the goodness of God in your life? Are you believe to see the goodness of God at work in your marriage? Sometimes we come to church and we say, we're hungering for the presence of God. It's a good thing. But can I tell you, in our day-to-day life, when the goodness of God operates, that is actually the glory of God wanting to work in your life. Are you believing for the goodness of God in your marriage? Are you believing for the goodness of God to be at work in your kid's life? Are you believing for the goodness of God to be evident in your workplace? You know, when you can believe to see the goodness of God, you can see the presence of God at work in your life. Number four, if you're taking notes this morning, the gift is heavy. The gift is heavy. You know, the word glory has a lot of different meanings. It means face, it means presence. It also means heavy or weight. And there are instances in the Bible where God's glory was so evident that people couldn't stand under the weight of his glory. The gift is heavy. And what I love about that is it paints a great picture for us. Because why should it matter that the the glory of God is heavy? Maybe you're wondering today, what has that got to do? What kind of practical implications has that for my life? That the gift of God is heavy. I don't know if you've ever received a gift and it's heavy. You know, sometimes if you're one of those people, when you receive your gifts, before you unwrap it, you kind of test it out a bit. And that feeling where it's a bit heavy and you think, ooh, this is going to be good. What's in it? It's heavy. Heaviness often suggests substance. And so the glory of God has great substance in our life. What does it mean for us? I'm going to call up a volunteer this morning, one of our Chadson leaders, Ed. Ed, would you come down for a second? This is Ed, for those of you who don't know him, from our Chaddy campus. And uh, Ed and his wife, Eve, they are a great blessing to us. And uh, one of the things that Ed, his kind of unofficial role at Chadston, is because he's quite a strong man, is that he kind of helps out with the handyman type work. Uh, When we need to move things, when we need to fix things, we usually have a go and then Ed steps in and says, just give it to me. 
See, the presence of God is heavy. Now, if I stand next to Ed, you can see I'm wearing a bit, I'm wearing heels this morning. Makes me look taller. But you know, next to Ed, if we were to fight, which I would never do to you, Ed, but you know, if we were, I think if you were betting, you'd, you'd bet on Ed, because he's got his strength. He's got the weight behind him. You see, the glory of God is heavy. The glory of God is weighty. What does it mean for us? You see, we get tossed back, Ephesians 4.14 says, we often find ourselves tossed back like waves over things that happen in our life. We find circumstances, we find challenges and struggles that come our way, and on our own, we're not a whole lot to fight against it. On our own, it's just like me. Probably no one would go for me in a fight. No one's hoping that I would win. Everyone knows she couldn't do a whole lot. And we feel like that when life comes our way. But God promises us. He's given us the gift of his glory. And his glory is heavy and it's weighty. And what happens is we think, well, on our own, we can't do it. And, and God says, that's okay because I'm weighty. You just got to stand with me. Nothing can get against me. Doesn't matter what challenge there is. There's weight to me. Doesn't matter what you go through. There's weight to me. On your own, you're finished. You're nothing, but it's okay because there's weight. And no matter what challenge comes our way, God is standing there saying, push as hard as you can, it's okay, because the glory of God has weight to it. It has weight, and it will withhold whatever we go through in life. Thanks, Ed. Thank you. Give me a hand. we can't accomplish a whole lot. On our own, maybe you're going into these Christmas holidays and you have fear and you're worried about what's coming to pass. And maybe you're, you've got a lot of challenges and burdens that you're carrying, as Pastor Matt said earlier this morning. Maybe on our own, we can't carry it. Maybe on our own, it's just too difficult. But here's the great thing about the gift of his glory. God says, it's okay because I can take it. I'm heavy. There's a weight to me. There's a weight to his glory. And that glory is his gift to us, the gift that we receive. And if you're here today and you're a Christian, you've accepted the Lord Jesus into your life, then you have the gift of that glory in you. No matter what comes against you, no matter what challenges you face on your own, you can't take it, but it's okay. You've got a heavy weight inside you and it's the gift of God's glory. Matthew 7, verse 24 to 25, Jesus says, Therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house on the rock. The rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against that house, yet it did not fall because it had its foundations on the rock. And that rock is heavy. That rock is sturdy. That rock can withstand whatever life throws at you. You don't have to be strong enough this Christmas. You don't have to have personal endurance this Christmas. You don't have to have any of those things going into 2019. You just gotta know that you have the gift of His glory within you and it's a heavy weight and it will withstand whatever life throws at you. It can't be pushed over. Our last point this morning, just ask the band to come up. The gift is for family. A gift is for family. Verse 21, verse 22 of Exodus 33. Let's go back to that passage one last time. 
Moses asks for the glory of God. Moses asks for the glory of God to be shown to him. He so desires to see the glory of God, the presence of God in his life. And God gives him some very specific instructions. And you know, sometimes we read the Bible, particularly the Old Testament, and God seems to give people some very specific instructions. And maybe we just read them and think, okay, that's the Bible being the Bible again. But it often has great meaning. God often doesn't ask people to do things very specifically without some purpose and intention behind it. And so the Lord gives these instructions to Moses in verse 21. The Lord said, there is a place near me where you may stand on a rock. And when my glory passes by, I will put you in a cleft in the rock and cover you with my hand until I pass you by. There are very specific instructions for Moses to see the glory of God. Moses asked for something no one has ever asked for before. He wants to see the presence, the glory of God at work in his life. He wants to experience it for himself. He doesn't want to just live life based on someone else's experience, someone else's revelation, what someone else has told them to do. He doesn't want to go to church every week because mom and dad told him to go to church. He doesn't want to do those things because that's just what our family do. It's our tradition. It's who we are. He wanted to experience God for himself. And God says you can, but here's the conditions. You're going to stand and you're actually going to go in this rock, the cleft of this rock, and then you see the glory of God. And it might seem a bit odd to us. Why stand on a rock? Why stand inside a cave or a cleft of a rock? But that rock actually is a symbol of something. You see, in the Old Testament, there were lots of symbols and they kind of were a foretaste for us of what was to come because that rock symbolized Jesus Christ, who would later be the vehicle in which we would see and experience the presence of God for ourselves. And so Moses has this desire, and maybe you're here today, and maybe you've been away from God for a while, or maybe you've just been going through the motions, but today you would say, I have a desire to have the presence of God in my life for myself. I don't wanna just go through the motions. I don't wanna just do things because that's what we do or because that's how my parents raised me, or because someone else told me it's really nice here and the people are friendly and occasionally they give us free food. I want to come and experience God for myself. I want to experience the presence of God. And God gives us the key to that. You can experience it when you become a part of the family and Jesus is in your life. That's when the presence of God comes in. That's why we rejoice on Christmas Day. That's why we celebrate. That's why we sing those songs. They're not just carols. There's something deeper because the presence of God was not just something that human beings could think about and hear stories about, but now that Jesus Christ has come, we can experience God in our day-to-day life and that gift will not wear out. And there is no substitute for that gift. And that gift is sturdy and it's heavy and it's the goodness of God at work in your life and it's available to all of us who would be part of this family. Colossians 1 verse 27 says, To them God has chosen to make known among the Gentiles the glorious riches of this mystery, which is Christ in you. Christ in you, the hope of glory. That's the hope that we have in Christ. That's the love that we have in Christ, the glory of God, the presence of God in our lives. Could I ask you to stand this morning? Before we close the service, we're just going to spend some time in prayer. 
we're going to pray for a few people. And then I'm going to ask the band just to sing that song uh, one last time. I will build my life on the rock. The rock which is the presence of God, Jesus Christ. The rock which is weighty, which is heavy, which nothing can come against it. But this morning before we pray for people, I believe there are people here and people have been walking under the burden of some of the challenges of life. And God's here to remind you that you have the glory of God within you and it's heavy and it's sturdy and it won't wear out. But before we do that, there are people here today. Maybe you came because someone invited you. Maybe you've been coming for a while. You've just been going through the motions. But today, what can I ask you? Can you make a decision like Moses did today to say, I don't want to just hear about God. I just don't want to know about God, but I actually want to know Him for myself. Here's the great news of Christmas. When we desire to know God for ourselves, God always responds with one answer. Yes. Always, always, always with yes. Thank you for listening to this week's podcast from Faith Christian Church. To stay up to date, check us out at our website, faithcc.com.au.